Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Well, I'm a little uh, a little sad that the first round is over. We still have uh, six rounds to go. I'm excited about that, but uh, I don't I don't want to. I don't want to face what's coming Saturday night when the draft is over. And I'm like, oh, great. Now what? No, I'm, I'm right there with you. There's no doubt. But before we get too deep into that, I do want to remind everybody that Nyko Sports is sponsoring us again. Uh, now, Tua Tungvaluwa, who is a Miami Dolphin. Uh, there's a Tua Tungvaluwa football that they have at Nyko Sports. And you need to give them a call at 800-345-2868, 800-345. 345-2868. Call them right away. You can even ask for my man, Julio. Uh, that's who I've been dealing with. But this Tua Tungvaluwa football is a fully sized, fully embossed football with Tua's image and his stats for all the records he set at Alabama, the SEC records, the NCAA records, um, information about you know how he played in the national championship game and, and in the playoffs. I mean, he's just, look, he's a superstar and now he's Miami superstar, but he'll forever be our superstar. And you need to check out Nyko sports, N I K C O sports.com N I K C O sports.com or call them at 800-345-2868 to talk about this football. Uh, Jimmy, man, I, I really did about just, I was laying in bed. I mean, I'm an early to bed, early to rise guy. I woke up at four 30 this morning for some unknown reason, but um. Man, I just when when the Dolphins are drafting him, as I've said many times, I was a Dolphins fan growing up because I used to have so many Alabama players like Tony Nathan, um, Baumhauer, you know, just the list went on. And I was just dying for the Dolphins to draft him. And I kept thinking, please, you know, don't trade, don't take Justin Herbert, um, don't don't do these stupid things, don't be the Dolphins, be the new Dolphins. And they were. <laughs> They were the new Dolphins, and I about jumped out of my bed. The only times I've ever done that was when Rashawn Evans committed to Alabama on national TV, uh, and I was laying in bed, and I did not expect it. And then when the Dolphins drafted Tua, I was that giddy. I was just ecstatic. Yeah, I was thrilled, too. You know, it's it's funny. I watched so – I just watched – so many hours of draft coverage, not just yesterday, but going back, you know, six weeks, you know, maybe into, in, into January and February. I watched so much of it, and so much of the draft talk was centered around Tua and the Dolphins. It, it has almost been what amounts to a given going into last season the, when Tua was healthy and playing great, and the Dolphins were losing every week. And, and we've been talking about Tua to the Dolphins forever. Uh, I think I think a, a year and a half ago on Crimson Country Club, uh, like a year and a half ago, I remember posting one day Tua would play for the Dolphins. And I was just simply at the time projecting Tua to be the first pick in the draft and projecting the Dolphins to finish with the worst record. And it made sense that they would take a quarterback. So uh, and then for weeks and months, all we can hear about is the smoke screens that were coming from Miami. They played it perfectly. Miami played this perfectly, Luke, and by that, what I mean is, let's say that just like me and you were talking about, they've, they've wanted Tua for a year. This is their guy. They're like, this is the dude that's going to be the face of our franchise, and we're going to be the new Dolphins, as you put it, behind Tua Tungvaluwa. Well, they accidentally won some games at the end of last year, and then further complicating things, Tua has a major injury. 
So the Dolphins have to do two things. They have to determine whether Tua is still, is, 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 can this still work? Is this still a valid idea? Is this still a credible idea? Can, can Tua be healthy enough to be our starting quarterback for the next five to 10 years? And, and then they had to figure out, okay, well now how do we get him at five? Do we trade up to take an injured quarterback or can we put out enough smoke, enough, enough sleight of hand, enough disinformation to make sure that in the first four picks on the draft, he's not taken and no one trades up to get him so, uh, and, and steal him from us? I, I think the Dolphins played it great. I think this is what they've always wanted. I think Tua's health is better than anyone could have possibly expected. And I'm so excited. I hope this season happens. I think it's easy to see that the Dolphins could go into the season with the plan of, hey, we're going to play Ryan Fitzpatrick and even Josh Rosen if we have to, and Tua can <laughs> sit and rehab and, and get healthy. But but here's what I think is going to happen. I think by the end of the year, Tua would be their quarterback because I think he's going to be super healthy and he's going to pick up on things quickly and he's going to impress the hell out of them. And the Dolphins will go into the season with the idea of thinking they can sit Tua but about midway through the season or so, they're going to be like, why are we sitting the best quarterback on the team? Let's stick him out there. I don't know that that's going to happen. I, I'm not going to be shocked at all if Tua just trots out there preseason game one as the starter. Again, wow. in this in this day and age of the NFL, there, there's no learning curve. There, there's, you, you, there, you're thrown to the wolves immediately. That's just what it is now. Um, so I yeah, I suspect he'll be the number one guy from the number one game. That's what I think. Um he does seem to be he's drinking his muscle milk, you know. Yep. He's uh he seems to be okay. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but uh, there, he seems there, there's no better quarterback to sit behind also. Ryan Fitzpatrick, it, let's say he does take a few games or takes the preseason, but he's got to learn from the veteran, right? Well, here you have a veteran quarterback that's been in in and around the NFL for multiple seasons as a starter and as a backup, the Harvard-educated Ryan Fitzpatrick, who probably does coach speak as well as any current quarterback in the NFL, he's just an excellent. He's just an excellent guy to learn from. I don't know that you could pick someone out, and also unlike an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees, who's such a star player. Uh, Fitzpatrick's probably a little bit more into the craft. He's got to try harder. He probably doesn't have an ego that says, you know, I'm not going to spend it. Why, why, why am I going to spend any time with my with my replacement like an Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees might? You know, uh, they, they might not have the time to devote or the will to devote to uh, mentoring the young quarterback on the roster. But Ryan Fitzpatrick seems like a guy that would. So I, I just think it's an ideal situation for Tua and uh, – and importantly, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, um, I just couldn't be more excited. I this is perfect for me. I get to be a Dolphins fan again. Um, and the only thing that I don't like is I really wish that they had drafted. I really thought they were going to get Xavier. That was going to happen. Um, and I, you know, I've been saying to my Auburn friends that I think Noah will go before Marlon Davidson because we know Marlon Davidson's ceiling and we don't know Noah Igbignagazi in these ceiling season ceiling right. 
he um you know he's only been playing defensive back for two years and he's fast um and he's got all the tools and marlon davidson's been there four years and i think he's kind of you know what he is now. I mean, that's that's the downside of continuing to play is that people find your flaws and find your ceiling. That's neither here nor there. Um, I'm hoping the Dolphins Whoa. maybe get a Raekwon or a Trayvon Diggs right. or something like that because I my, really want to be all in with them. Yeah, I like Noah. Uh, I, I think I, I like the upside. I mean, I would have really loved him as a second-round pick myself. I mean, in terms of like yeah. you take a Noah in the second round and you're like, Hey, we, we might have an actual first round talent here, even though we took him in the second round. I mean, he, he has first round talent. I, I, I just don't know that I've seen first round production out of him yet. True. But my my big problem though with the Dolphins taking Noah, uh, basically in the end, what 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 the Dolphins did in the end is they traded Minka Fitzpatrick for 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 that corner from Auburn, who's like an experiment. I, yeah, I, I I just don't understand that. I mean. Why did you trade Minka for that? And I'm not saying they well, should have look, drafted someone else. Not, let, in, let's be fair. Yeah. Let's also be fair that um, they weren't really sure where their draft pick was going to be at the time. And at the time, they were 100% selling out for Tua. And I think the plan was, hey, we want to make sure we get Tua somehow, some way. This was before Tua was hurt. Um, yep. Yep. And so I think that this was – they were just putting – bullets in the gun for a, a trade that's all i think and then you know look i would i would have gone a lot of different ways here i mean you could have gotten a t higgins who i thought was a first round you could have gotten antoine winville jr you i mean you could have gotten you know trayvon diggs or xavier mckinney or you know anybody like that to me is a much better pick but um I, again i think general managers in almost every sport now are enamored with the idea of untapped potential versus what you know they they they'd rather go uh for the two in the bush rather than the the right. one in the hand which right. sounds very pornographic but it, it is not and it is well you should have um, said it, it is, is kind of pornographic the way i mean it is pornographic um <laughs> all right jimmy let's go ahead and uh before we take this next break i want to get into some of these other guys um first of all i'm going to say uh, how about a locked on bama road trip to a miami game oh fun, fun stuff for sure Okay, Uh, and then I want to tell everybody again about NICO Sports, N-I-K-C-O Sports, Um, N-I-K-C-O Sports.com. Go check them out. They have a Tua Tungvalu football. Um, Look, even if you're not a Miami fan, it doesn't matter. This is really more of a Tua Alabama football, but if you are a Miami fan, this is even more of a must-have. It's only $99. Some of the proceeds are actually being donated to the Make-A-Wish Alabama Foundation, Limited edition football, you have to call 800-345-2868. Call them right away. Ask for Julio. Tell them Locked on Bama sent you. These are just really good people. I'm telling you, a lot of times you have sponsors. You know, you get uh, – let's let's throw one out there, Lysol. That seems to be in the news right now. It, if Lysol is a sponsor, we, you know, we're just like, okay, here's a check from Lysol. Uh, yeah, Lysol's great. It kills things. Well, I've actually talked to the dudes over here. They're good people. Call them at 1-800-345-2868. They want to talk to you about Tua and other uh, memorabilia you can buy, but especially this football for $99, a full-sized, fully embossed football with all the Tua's information on there. And, again, part of the proceeds go to the Make-A-Wish Alabama Foundation. You cannot beat that. Tell them you heard about it on Locked on Bama. Ask for Julio even. 1-800-345-2868. 1-800-345-2868. 
Nico Sports, N-I-K-C-O-Sports.com. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and talk about Alabama's other draft picks. Jimmy, the other draft picks uh, that Alabama had, I mean, we'll just take them in order. First of all, <laughs> I, I was trying to operate the Locked on Bama Twitter account, and if you do follow the Locked on Bama Twitter account, you'll notice I had some back and forth with Tim Brando today, who, again, just stuck his little squirrely head out there and, and started – Peter Burns came out with a tweet from the SEC Network said, look, this this draft shows once again why we don't need to expand the playoffs. We don't need auto qualifiers from the from non-Power 5 teams that uh, fit by three players. So they had, a, they had 15 players picked from the SEC. That's almost half the draft was SEC. And what you're saying is, okay, let's have automatic qualifiers and also a group of five just because, well, why not? Inclusive, inclusivity. No, that's stupid. The SEC is such a more arduous task. Now, that's for another part, podcast. But Tim Brando chimed in with that tweet. Well, that's just elitism and blah, blue blood and blah, 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 all the crap he spouts. And I called him out on it. I said, Tim, look, you all, you love to say you you deal with facts and that's his opinions hoity-toity. You're the hoity-toity one acting like just because you've called Memphis State versus UNLV in football that you know more than anybody else. I'm telling you, as a, I am a fan, and I'm telling you the regular season in college football means more than any regular season anywhere else, period, end of story, and I don't want to cheapen that. So – I understand I'm resigned to the fact it's going to go to eight, but if you tell me we're going to have automatic qualifiers, that sucks. I don't want auto qualifiers. But anyway, that's neither here nor there, too. Um, I just wanted to say, if you're following the Locked on Bama Twitter account, that was me operating it and going back and forth with Tim Brando, and I was kind of actually a little proud. He responded, and we went back and forth a little bit. And I did kind of call him I did kind of call him old and tired one time, but uh, I was kind of <laughs> fly about it. Um, anywho. So last night, before we get into Jed Wills, when the Giants selected Andrew Thomas from Georgia and the general manager or the coach, one of the two, had like their face mask on and they were the only one in the room, somebody said, why is he doing that? I was like, because he's embarrassed he just made that pick. (laughs) I really thought that was one of the more baffling picks of the draft. I, I truly did. It was a surprise to me. Uh, I had Andrew Thomas at 14 going to the Buccaneers, and I had Andrew Thomas as the fourth tackle. I rated myself. I thought Wills and Wirfs and Mackay Becton should all be ahead of Andrew Thomas. That was my opinion. But, you know, I had him at 14. He went at four. There were other picks. I was more really surprised about myself. But, you know, like my, myself, I thought the worst pick, the biggest reach of the whole night was the Raiders taking Damon Arnett at 19. Because oh, yeah. I thought I thought Arnett was a second or third round pick myself, and they took him at 19 overall. And, and I think that's crazy. On the other hand, here's also what's crazy, me thinking I know more about this than Mike Mayock. So, I mean, Mayock's, Mayock's an excellent evaluator. He knows exactly what he's doing and the odds that I'm right and Mayock is wrong is just crazy. So, you know, I, it, it's just opinion, but I, I don't even take my own opinion, you know, too seriously because guys like Mike Mayock and, and you know what, and, and, and like you said, Luke, I mean, I thought the Andrew Thomas pick was a reach and I was really surprised that, that they would have selected him out highly that uh, uh, sort of surprised me. On the other hand, you know, that same team, uh, you know, one year ago in the, in the draft t- took Daniel Jones at six and they were mocked 
speaking of mocks, they were mocked for taking Daniel Jones at six. Even some of the experts were like, are they crazy? And then what do you know? Daniel Jones is so good. He basically pushes Eli Manning into retirement a year or two before he wanted to and becomes a starting quarterback, you know, game three uh, of the season. And it looks like as of today, Daniel Jones is going to have a great career. So, uh, you know, so maybe Gettleman and and the Giants are correct. I I thought Andrew Thomas was the fourth best tackle, not the the first best tackle. Um. Couple of things, Jimmy. I know you're you're you must be out walking around a little bit. You're starting to break up a little bit, so try and get settled if you can. Um, but secondly, yeah, I just thought that was a that was sort of a baffling pick. I, I again, <laughs> you're right about the Daniel Jones thing, but the 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 counter argument to that is the Giants probably could have traded that that pick last night and the pick yeah. last year for Daniel Jones, and still gotten their yeah. guy. And even if you don't get much more, right. even if you don't get a ton, you get something plus the guy you wanted. And I think that's what everybody's saying is, you know, okay, yeah, you want Daniel Jones. I agree totally. They didn't have to Sorry. take him at four. Yeah, that, that's my point. Um, okay, so let's go to Jed Wills. Jed Wills yeah, goes good to point. Cleveland. Jed Wills going to Cleveland I think is a good landing spot for him. Um, they just signed another uh, big tackle as well. So it seems like Cleveland is really trying to form a wall around Baker Mayfield at this point. And I think that's very cool. Um, So it's not, uh, you know, light years away. It's not like he's going to San Francisco or something. So I dig that. And and in fact, the theme last night seemed to be guys with ties to that, to their, the team they were drafted by, you know, have ties like, uh, you know, their hometown or the college they played for. Uh, for instance, it was A.J. Terrell from Atlanta going to Atlanta, Joe Burrow from Athens, Ohio going to Cincinnati, Jed Wills from the Kentucky area going to Cleveland. That's not very far. I mean, it, there were a lot of lot of stories yeah. like that. Now, Tua's was a little bit different. I mean, he probably couldn't have gotten much further <laughs> from his hometown, but um, I think he landed in a good spot. So, anyway, I think Jed Wills is going to be really good. Uh, I thought he, he was – you know, I enjoyed – seeing him and, and his reaction and he really is a big dude and he does not get the credit for being mean enough yeah he's a mauler i mean he's jed wills is i, I think you know it, it seemed to be it was a secret to everyone else as we know one year ago even six months ago uh in all the mocks you know alex leatherwood was the first round pick and jedrick wills couldn't be found and people like me and you are out there saying uh you just wait till the scouts to, to what the scouts have been seeing, wait till that information gets out because we're going to find it's the complete opposite. And we're right. I mean, Wills was just a more advanced prospect at this stage than Leatherwood. And uh, I, I'm not surprised. If, if you'd have told me a year ago that Wills would come out early and be the 10th pick in the draft, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. He, he's just an extremely natural, smart, hardworking, physical kid. And uh, he's young. For his class, uh, he's going to have – if he stays healthy in career. Jimmy, are you still there? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought yes. you I thought you died out there on me. Um, no. So, but, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think he's going to have a really nice long career, and, and I thought it was very cool. Um, Odell Beckham uh, tweeted something like, hey, you're a Bama boy, but, uh, you know, hey, you're we're on the same team now. And uh, Jed Wills tweeted back, you just tell me how much time you need to get open, and I'll get it done for you. 
So pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, yep. And then Ruggs going – I'll tell you, a lot of people did not think Ruggs was going to be the first receiver off the board. If you had told me the first team to choose a receiver would be the Raiders, I would have gladly taken any bet that Ruggs would be the first receiver off the board based on speed alone. And so, man, it worked out great for him. And now Josh Jacobs and Ruggs on the same team, hell yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. And, uh, no, I, I I had Ruggs to the Raiders in my mock. Now, I thought Jerry Judy would be the first receiver taken, and I had him uh, to the Jets, you know, right in front of like me and you had talked about for so long. Uh, and that didn't that didn't happen, although Judy was only taken four spots later. Um, but, no, Ruggs to the Raiders is a great fit. I'm excited for him. It's going to be exciting to be in Las Vegas uh, for the first year of football. I think it's a great place to live in terms of – I know that us tourists think of Vegas as one thing, but but actually a lot of people live in Vegas year-round, and they love it there. Uh, it, the, you know, the weather's good, lots of golf courses. It's pretty. There's always something fun to do when you want to go into town. Uh, a lot of famous people live uh, outside of Las Vegas. You know, Greg Maddox, Bryce Harper from the baseball world, they, they, they both live there. Uh, I, I think it's just a great, great spot for him, a good offense for him. And uh, even though Derek Carr gets some criticism, when Derek Carr is healthy, he's been very good. I mean, he was in a Pro Bowl not too long ago. So, you know, Derek Carr uh, is pretty good. They have a great backup situation in Marcus Mariota. And I will not be surprised if the Raiders are one of the teams tonight that take one of these second-round quarterbacks. And I'm high on all of them as second-round picks in Eason, Fromm, and Jalen Hurts. I I think they're all – good second round picks because they're guys you can develop and they're not necessarily guys that you're you're that you're selecting to save your upcoming season they're just kind of more developmental guys and I think any of the three could develop into star quarterbacks yeah I'm, I love I tell you I didn't like Green Bay moving up to get love when I thought boy who were you jumping over that you were worried about that's yeah that's what I didn't understand but um <sighs> And then, of course, Judy, uh, did I – I can't get coronavirus through this computer, can I? <laughs> that was an allergy sinus cough, I assure you. Allergies and sinuses. Uh, regardless, Not the Rona. Regardless, I'm putting my New York Giants mask on now. <laughs> <laughs> Probably smart. Um. Okay, so then, of course, uh, Jerry Judy – to the Broncos. Um, yeah. I like that pick. I, I like I like anybody who gets Judy because I think Judy's going to be a hell of a player. But, um, you know, I just – I don't I don't like Denver that much. <laughs> and so I'm, I kind of wish he were somewhere else. I was kind of hoping – what I was really hoping, because you could tell they were showing the Dallas War Room, and you could tell that Dallas was – they were getting – collective boners throughout that whole facility like jerry jones on his yacht um it looked like he was he was going at least half mast with that thing in his pants because he they were excited um mike mccarthy is an offensive guy and he he was like oh we're about to get cd lamb or jerry judy and while i'm happy both alabama guys went before cd lamb which is something i thought would happen i kind of wish that Jerry Judy had gone to Dallas because Jerry Judy, Amari Cooper, 
oh, same squad, most popular NFL team in the in the country. Holy shit, that would have been incredible. That would have been fun, and, and it's going to be fun for Dallas fans. You know, anyway, having a talent like C.D. Lamb fall to them, probably the biggest surprise of the night. If I'd have told you before the draft that C.D. Lamb would be selected two spots before Damon Arnett, you never would have believed that. <laughs> but um, but uh, you would have thought you would have thought C.D. Lamb hurt his knee on the way to the draft. <laughs> That's right. So that was a great, um, you know, a great a great happenstance for Dallas to end up with with such a talent at seventeen. I like Judy going to the Broncos just in this one sense. Um, they have a young quarterback. They have another young receiver in Cortland Sutton. I think Judy is going to be the show there. I think he's going to get a lot of attention. I think he's going to be the number one receiver quickly. Um, I think the question with Judy in terms of how good he can be is a, a question ultimately about Drew Locke. I mean, is Drew yeah. Locke able to take full advantage of what Jerry Judy brings to the table. Uh, I can see that being a legitimate question. But if Drew Locke uh, answers it affirmatively, if Drew Locke, again, a great situation, a great situation for, for Jerry Judy, a num- to me, a number one receiver. He's going to a place that already naturally has a number two receiver in Cortland Sutton. Drew Locke certainly has the potential. He's shown the potential. Denver, Denver didn't talk about given up on Drew Locke. They clearly like him, or at least they like him enough to, to keep auditioning him, auditioning him to prove that he's the guy going forward. So uh, I think it's a good situation for, for Jerry Judy in terms of being a number one receiver quickly. So that's a good situation. Whether Denver's going to win, I don't know. seems like a pretty decent place to live. Uh, so I, I think it worked out pretty good for him. I'd have preferred him go a little higher, and I'd have preferred him in New York. But they, they felt they oh, yeah. needed an offensive. They felt they needed an offensive tackle, and that was the question for the Jets going into the draft: Were they going to take a receiver or a tackle at number eleven? And I'll tell you this, Makai Becton. I kind of fell in love with him uh, while they were monster. talking about him. Oh, he's so good. I mean, and a monster. I mean, a monster. He's just a tremendous person I, I mean like yep. literally and figuratively I just I just really like the story about him so yeah I mean I, I understand going from Makai Becton I certainly understand that um all right let's go ahead and take another break Jimmy and when we come back we will uh wrap up some draft thoughts so Jimmy that was that wrapped it up kind of surprisingly for Alabama guys I thought a Trayvon Diggs may sneak in there I thought uh um you know, with Xavier McKinney, I'm really shocked McKinney wasn't in there. Um, well, one point I brought up on Crimson Country Club this morning is uh, I, I was surprised. I expected Xavier McKinney to go, so I'm not saying, uh, oh, I told you this. No, I expected him to go. But the fact that he didn't didn't surprise me in this sense. The NFL just devalues that safety position so much in the draft. X was a really good player at Alabama. I mean, really good, All-American good, I thought. But I didn't think he was quite as good as Landon Collins was at Alabama. I thought Landon was a better player. And frankly, Landon has better measurables in terms of Landon, you know, is a faster guy than uh, than Xavier McKinney. And you look back and Landon Collins went 34th, 35th. So he was one of the first picks of the second round. So, yeah. I, 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 you know, in terms of like, you know, if Landon's going to go 34th or 35th, uh, we shouldn't be surprised that Xavier didn't go in the first round. No, I, I understand that. That certainly makes some sense. Um, uh, you know, 
and and I think we should have looked into history a little bit more. But I think Haha went in the first round, didn't he? He did. He did. Yeah. So did Mark Marin. So safeties are taking the first round. Jamal Adams went number six overall. Derwin James was a really hot pick. But those guys are freaky athletically. Mm-hmm. Xavier didn't show up at the combines and run a four four. He ran in the mm-hmm. four sixes. He ran in the four sixes and isn't huge, you know. So Xavier just didn't prove that he was a freaky athlete at the combines, and that probably sealed the deal with him in retrospect in terms of falling into the second round. But hey, second round pick in the NFL draft, uh, they want starters or quarterbacks that can be developed in the second round. So if Xavier McKinney is selected tonight, he will be selected by a team that views him as an immediate starter. Well, and the other side of that is that he could now go to, a, you know, I, I don't know what exactly the order is. I know it's kind of close to how the first round was, but it's probably right. not exact. And so, you know, Xavier McKinney could go somewhere like a Pittsburgh. I mean, I, I could see him playing for somebody like that. Um, so, I hey, look, I'm I'm down with it. That's fine. I mean, Xavier McKinney and Minka Fitzpatrick on the same team. That'd be a lot of fun for Alabama fans. Um, I, do you think that this – the fact that, uh, let's see, McKinney or Terrell Lewis – the fact that they weren't drafted in the first round makes you wonder, hey, should they have come back? Um, I'm going to say no because, yeah, McKinney thought he was a first-rounder. Every mock I saw had McKinney in the first round. So, yeah. But still, you're right about the second round, number one, that it's still – I mean, the second round is <laughs> one round away from the first. It's not that big yeah. of a deal. Um, yeah. Terrell, if, if, if X came back, it's not like he would have gotten bigger and faster. I mean, right. I, I think he is what he is. I think we saw his stock is never going to be higher and he is what he is. And and what he is is probably somebody that's going about 35th or 36th. And that's no, just, that's absolutely correct. That, that might be exactly where he'd be one year from now. Right. So, and, and I think Terrell Lewis, look, his, his career was so maligned with injuries uh, and, and just nagging bullshit stuff. And he was so ready to leave Tuscaloosa that I think uh, it was it was just time for him to go, and and that's okay too. I mean, look, you know, this Alabama was a means to an end for him. I, I again, yeah. I know fans of other teams love to say, well, they you know players come here because they love the university. That's all bullshit. If they think they can go pro, they're going to go pro, and they're going to make a shit ton of money. That's how that's it right. works. That's why I know Igbignogany did what he did. Is you know, it doesn't mean he doesn't like Auburn. It just means, hey, I, I got a chance here to make a bunch of money. Somebody told me I'm gonna make money. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And um, you know, it makes sense. I think Terrell was just done playing college football. He had, uh, you know, he didn't even play in the bowl game for for risk of injury. And so I get it. I think if you know, to me, the shame, if you want to call it a shame, is if Terrell had a different mindset. If he had more of a mindset of uh, of our podcast guest C.J. Mosley. If he had yeah. a different mindset like CJ, maybe Terrell does come back because there's some logic in to me, to me, if you can be drafted in the first round, you should do everything you can to get into the first round because of the guaranteed money. It, it just changes everything. Um, Terrell could get hurt now and they just cut him and, and that's it. But when you get drafted in the first round, your money is guaranteed. And to me, Terrell is a guy that if he had a 10 sack season and he's so capable of that. If he had a 10-sack season, he's going in the first round. What's keeping him out of the first round is injury history and lack of production. And if he had another year at Alabama and was healthy and registered something like 10-plus sacks, he would be a first-round pick in next year's draft. 
So in that sense, I think, you know, there, there would have been some logic in Terrell coming back, but Terrell's not CJ. He's a different type of kid. He's a different person. And he was just ready to be gone. And because he's ready to be gone, it's a good thing he is because had he come back, I, I don't know that things would have been any different, you know? So based on who Terrell is, and he's a good kid. I'm not saying he's a bad kid at all, but yeah. I think Terrell was just ready to go. He was just ready to be out, ready to play pro football. And if you told him, hey, uh, if you come out now, you might not go to the second or third round, he'd go, okay, I'm leaving. Well, and that's the other thing. Here's the drawback to recruiting guys that look like professional athletes when you're recruiting them. They want to be professional athletes. I mean, this is what he wanted to do from the moment he set foot on campus. It's not like we're all surprised uh, Terrell Lewis wants to play in the NFL. I mean, he, he's been wanting to do that for a long time. This is what he's, his whole point of coming to Alabama was to get ready to play in the NFL. And so now, now he's, he's going. And, I mean, all we can do is cheer him on. I mean, I think it's wonderful. So, congrats. Yeah. Hopefully he'll get drafted in the second round. So, Jimmy, um, that's really our draft talk. What did you think about at Mike Vrabel's house? Apparently somebody was caught pooping in a mirror. I didn't see it. I mean, I've seen reference to it on Twitter, and I did watch. I thought every minute of the draft I had some – had some bathroom breaks myself. That might have happened during one of my – I didn't see I didn't see <laughs> Wouldn't it. Wouldn't that be so, ironic? <laughs> I was in the bathroom. I didn't see I was the guy in the variable <laughs> video. No, I, I didn't see it, but I, I hate that I missed that. Uh, I, I thought if, if the coolest thing of the night to me in terms of what was going on in the houses was either Henry Ruggs in his robe. Which that was, was just – That was cool. And the incident where C.D. Lamb had two phones – the girlfriend was curious as to who was texting on one of the phones and, and took the phone and CD snatched it out of her hands while the mother looked disapprovingly at the girlfriend who then yeah. looked at the live NFL camera and smiled as if nothing to see here when in fact yeah. you're like, oh, there's a lot to see here. Yeah. Uh, yeah I immediately, yeah, I immediately wanted to request the NFL uh, network to do a reality show about CD Lamb's life immediately yeah. because the girlfriend was hot. This, and and and, and th- this it just looked good. Like, oh, this would be a, this is a show right here. The girlfriend's hot. She's very jealous. CD won't let her look at the phone. Mom doesn't like the girlfriend. We need a show. No, this is great. And then I think the other thing that was really funny was when um, Roger Goodell was trying to announce that the draft was going to move to Las Vegas or go back to Las Vegas. He said, "I have some exciting news for everybody in Dallas. I mean, Las Vegas." Um, <laughs> The 2020 NFL draft will be in Las Vegas. I'm like, it is 2020, you dumbass. <laughs> and I mean, look, I hate to get on to people too much because I've had to do some of that live stuff, and it's tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's not easy. We're doing it right now. Um, yeah, I mean, we're but, taping this, but, yeah, we're not going to go back and change it even if we screw it up. We ain't changing shit. <laughs> That's right. So we do it every day. We're yeah. just not – no one's just going to entrust us with running the National Football League, obviously. I just I thought it was hilarious. Um, and you know, he was still he was even getting booed like on the monitors and he was trying to eat it up, but it was so awkward. Um I didn't like that was the one part I didn't like. The one yeah, it didn't part seem of, genuine. It, it was unnecessary. Yeah. Like like that's not a necessary that's not a necessary part to the excitement and and then Goodell was always trying to drum it up when when it yep. shouldn't have even been on at all. I think if they made one mistake in the production, it was the Okay, now we got to show a split screen of all these fans from the team. No, no, 
No, no, you didn't have to do that. Well, I mean, they made two mistakes because the other mistake was putting coronavirus down our throats when it's already down our throats. Like reminding us, well, I like the money raising was fine, but yeah, the sentimentality at the front and yeah, yeah, that was a little, we, we know about the virus. That's why we're watching this strange Zoom draft, you know. No, but, but that, that was my point, was that, look, we came to this to get away from the virus. And we all think it's cool what y'all are donating. But we all know, we all know about the virus by now. It is that you turn on the news, every story is about the coronavirus in some form or fashion, how it's affecting us financially, physically, you know, emotionally, everything. So I didn't need the draft to have a bunch of special singers and bullshit like that going off on the draft some more. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. All right. Well, that's going to do it, buddy. Um, We'll be right back here next week with everybody. And, uh, and uh, so roll tide. Roll tide. And uh, good luck to X, Trayvon Diggs, Anthony Jennings, Raekwon Davis. Jared Maiden, Shaq Carter, and Matt Womack this weekend.